is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! Oh, a wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. The Charlton Athletic curse at Fratton Park has somewhat been lifted. Everyone stood on the edge of the area, waits. Colby Bishop stands upright, put it in the Sends the goalkeeper the wrong way. Bishop has 10 for the season. Though it could perhaps should have been a lot more for Pompey had it not been for a late equaliser from Conor McGrandles on Saturday afternoon. Aiden chipping it into the penalty. It's a good delivery. Swanson can't get there, and it's into the net. And Charlton have equalised. Norris beating it is near post. Portsmouth two, Charlton two. The Blues were able to prevent Charlton from recording a tenth consecutive victory at PO4 of a weekend, though were only able to take a point from Michael Appleton's side, who dug deep to even things up late in the game. So to all, it was a point apiece for both sides, though John Messino believes his team were deserving of more. Hugely disappointing, I think, to come away with a point from that game. I thought the, the performance for 93 minutes was, was outstanding. We'll get reaction to Saturday's League One encounter, as well as another huge win for the Portsmouth women. More late forward, this is laid up perfectly here for Humphrey on the right-hand side. It's other Peltier as she goes. She has company, but she goes herself! <laughs> and that is Pompey's ninth! And now she gets it on the act of substitutes. A 9-1 win over Fulham in the FA Cup on Sunday. And between now and 7pm, we'll get the thoughts of Ali Hall. It's important you win by this sort of margin, but actually you're still coming off thinking, no, well, there's quite a few things we could fix here and actually get better. I think we let Fulham come into the game late on when we really didn't need to. And head coach Jay Sadler talking about why Sunday's Cup win was so important for his side, even if league matters are the main priority. One, we want to keep this winning run going. We want to keep the momentum and we've currently got, but also we want to progress and we want to take the football club to the latter stages. We want to go on another run. We'll catch up with those three, our two studio guests, and also a couple of callers scheduled throughout tonight's show on what is set to be another episode you will not want to miss keep your ears glued and fully focused to this latest edition of the football hour this is the football hour on express fm yes that's right this is the football hour here on express fm where in an hour's time jeff dorsett will be here with the soft rock show that's after us and the news at seven but first plenty of football to be discussed over the course of the next hour with tonight's show once again brought to you by stagecoach across the south this evening we want you back home to get involved and let us know whether or not you thought saturday's draw with charlton felt like a defeat given the circumstances were pompey deserving of more from the game or would you like to see improve improvements for when they return to action against Blackpool next week. And with Regan Paul set for a lengthy spell on the sidelines, should a centre-back be at the top of John Messino's shopping list when the January transfer window rolls around? It's 81400 on the text, starting your messages with the word express. Otherwise, email sport at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm if you're getting in touch through Twitter or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Live. And there is also our app as well. Simply search for Express FM on the Apple app or Google Play Store. Download and send us either a written message or a voice note. We'll get the thoughts of Mark Coates and Josh Sweetman in a few moments' time. But first, we start off with a reminder of how Pompey kind of broke that Charlton curse at Fratton Park, preventing the addicts from securing a 10th consecutive victory at PO4, though it's still surrendering to late heartbreak to Michael Appleton's side. On the comms, Andy Moon alongside former Blues forward Guy Whittingham. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scores! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. Here we go, then. Charlton will be kicking us off. Robertson wins it back. Robertson for Portsmouth. Great shot, good save. Maynard Brewer. Good start from Pompey. The Bishop can't get to the challenge. Robertson blocked. Tries a 
well. Morrell to Devlin, back to Morrell. Backhill looking to find Bishop block. Charlton are going to bring it away. Crowd up for it, players up for it. May looking for the return ball, May trying to get a shot on goal. It's a great effort. And it's a brilliant save, is it? Yes. It's a corner kick. And May just showing how dangerous he is. Crosses the near post, Bishop goes up. Charlton get it, Clark edge of the box, volley, finish! Back to Sparks, he'll hit first time, deep to the far post, great delivery, Ragger, good save, and then it doesn't pull Pompey's way in the box, and Charlton clear. That is the end of the first half here at Fratton Park. It's been good intensity, it's been a good spectacle. Mara gets the ball and goes back to Robertson, delivery with his right foot to the far post, heads up! That's a brilliant save by Maynard Brewer, and Ragger will be feeling he probably should score. Lost it in towards the far post, Raggett the target, it falls down, Devlin, edge of the box, thought about the shot, instead goes for Abu Kamara, stood up towards the far post, Raggett to attack it, back across goal, Charles, Charles get it half away, Robertson's shot is blocked, and Charlton scramble it clear. This one deep towards the far post, Bishop and Raggett there, headed halfway, Kamara, edge of the box, thought about the volley this time, shoot, and it's off the bar, Bishop, off the bar! It's with his left foot, deflected, and it's gone just wide. Charlton are adamant that it was deflected via a hand. The referee, Sam Allison, doesn't agree and says corner kick. Down by the dead ball line, reverse ball into the middle, and Sparks ball goes into the path of May, and it's into the net. And Alfie May has somehow beaten Will Norris at the near post. And with 19 minutes to go, Charlton have levelled this one up. Alfie May with his 12th goal of the season. It's quarter one, Charlton one. Sparks, first time cross to the far post. Bishop! Oh, it's saved! And then Maynard Brewer gets a palm to it to get it away. You're thinking goal when the ball's in the air. Can Lane get in behind the goalkeeper's come out? Lane's got over him and he's been wiped out! It's got to be a penalty kick! It is a penalty! There can be no complaint! Everyone stood on the edge of the area, waits. Colby Bishop stands up right, put it in scores! past one and then skips past the second and then finds Lane and then gets a reverse ball and Bishop at the far post if he can be found and it's a good cross and Bishop this time puts it wide by a deflection Aiden chipping it into the penalty it's a good delivery Swanson can't get there and it's into the net and Charlton have equalised Norris beating it is near post it's Conor McGrandall's first go for Charlton Portsmouth two Charlton two and that is the final whistle a fascinating encounter for Guy Whittingham, two points dropped in the end for Portsmouth. Absolutely, Andrew. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. And that was how Portsmouth's 2 all draw with Charlton at Fratton Park on Saturday played out. With thanks, as always, to Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham for providing the commentary. Let's go through the other results from across League One on Saturday afternoon. The early kickoff saw Peterborough United defeat Cambridge United by five goals to nil at London Road in that derby. There, Bolton won, securing a victory over Blackpool by one goal to nil. Carlisle defeated at home to Bristol Rovers, that ending 1-0 to the gas. Cheltenham 1, Wigan 1, Derby County 3, Barnsley 0, Fleetwood 3, Exeter City 0, Leighton Orient 2, Oxford United 3, Oxford were 3-0 up in that one, Leighton Orient providing a late comeback at Brisbane Road, but of course un- unable to take it back to 3-3. Lincoln City 1, Port Vale 1, Northampton Town 2, Burton Albion 0, Shrewsbury 3, Reading 2, Reading were 2-0 up in that one, Shrewsbury coming back equalising in the 91st minute and then getting the winner in the 97th. Reading in serious, serious trouble down at the foot of the League One table. We'll get on to that in just a moment. And Wickham nil, Stevenage 1 was the final result from Saturday. So Pompey do remain top of League One, but have had their league cut, their lead rather, cut to just one point. Though thankfully at this stage, no side below them have a game in hand. The Blues are on 36 points after 16 games, still unbeaten of course. Oxford United second with 35, 
Bolton third, also on 35 points. Peterborough, Stevenage and Barnsley make up the top six. Down at the bottom, we mentioned there Reading in 24th, only seven points on the board, with Cheltenham Town, Carlisle United and Fleetwood joining them in the relegation zone. And alongside me this evening to go through all of Saturday's action, delighted first and foremost to welcome onto the show Mr Mark Coates. Mark, a very good evening, sir. Hello, can you hear me all right, Jake? I can hear you loud and clear. You sound fantastic. Oh, lovely. <laughs> can't, yeah, can't wait for this one. I have, I have to say, it was an absolutely cracking match. Mm. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to getting ripped into it. Yeah, let, let, let's get started straight away then, Mark. You mentioned there it was, it was a great encounter at Fratton Park on Saturday afternoon. We'll dive into how it unfolded and the circumstances of how both sides were able to secure that point at PO4. But if someone had offered you that result prior to kick- kickoff, would you have taken it? Oh, that's a tricky one. Yeah, horrible question to start. <laughs> Do you know what I probably would have done? I realised um, only on Saturday that I'm actually quite superstitious and um, and I don't think I'd appreciated that before. I've, I've bought into <laughs> the whole idea that there is such a thing as a bogey team. I know Massinho trying to try to calm us all down and say uh, different side, you know, different mm. players, different era, different trajectory, all of that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, we still, we still can't quite beat them, can we? For me, it's going to be massive against Bolton on the 11th of December when we're on telly again. I just, I just want to yeah. just brush off all of these jinxes so we can all believe. <laughs> Hopefully that belief um, is, is creeping in a little bit uh, somewhat after what has been a fantastic start to the season. Pompey, of course, 16 unbeaten to start the campaign, 27 unbeaten if you stretch that league run back to March the 11th when Pompey were last beaten in League One under John Messino. That, of course, a 1-0 uh, defeat at home to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, also alongside myself and Mark this evening, delighted to welcome back onto the Football Hour, Josh Sweetman. Josh, thank you very much for calling in tonight. It's a pleasure as always, Jake. Let's start with um, with, with really the the chronological order of, of how Saturday unfolded at the uh, at the fortress that is Fratton Park. Then, um, Josh, we'll start off with the first goal. Thirty one minutes had been played when Abu Kamara um, opened for scoring with what can only be described as a sumptuous volley on the edge of a box. It wasn't necessarily um, f- you know thumped into the, into the, you know the, the back of the net, was it? It was nicely cushioned. Um, in, into into the back of the net behind uh, Ashley Maynard Brewer's goal. Sumptuous! You've been going through your thesaurus, haven't you? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a great finish, as you said. It wasn't exactly thumped into the net. You see it on TV all the time. Absolute pinged, but he, he, he controlled it well on what was probably his weaker. You'd argue his weaker foot. Um, and it, it, the technique involved, I think. I think if you look at Abu Kamara's performances throughout the season, one thing you can't fault and can't claim say he doesn't have is technique. I think he's brilliant, brilliant with his feet. Um, and yeah, it's an absolutely brilliant finish. And I tell you what, it will be up there to, um, at the end of the season as well as a contender for goal of the season. Mm. How much mark do you think Abu Kamara needed that goal on Saturday? Not just getting on the score sheet, but to score with with such a plong as well. Really great finish to put Pompey one 0 up at Fratton Park against their so-called bogey side. How much do you think he needed um, that to happen for him personally? After I've, I think he's received quite a bit of stick on social media over the last couple of weeks for his for his efforts in a blue shirt. Yeah, he has, and it's undue criticism. That's not. I don't think it's fair at all. He's a young lad who's come here to to. Well, he said to win trophies. He wants a winners' medal. Um, to go in his cabinet, his first one, didn't he? Um, when he leaves uh, leaves Pompey. Well, who knows if he does leave Pompey? But for me, um, yeah, he's, he's he's been pretty solid, especially for a youngster with limited experience. That the, the whole time. I say, yeah. The, I mean, we we want to be at the top. I suppose that we're, we're going to be even sharper with our criticism, aren't we, as we're flying high and as we're desperate to at last break out of the league. Um, and uh, But yeah, as a young player, he needed that. He needed just to, to, to push all of that criticism away with what was an absolute peach of a shot. And, the, and yeah, a lovely volley that reminded me of, of Ben Close at his prime. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. technique. Yeah, we're going to come on to talk more about Saturday's game and the events that unfolded at Fratton Park during uh, that 90-minute match with Charlton Athletic in League One. The game ended 2-2, of course, between John Massinio's and Michael Apton's side. But before the game, there was uh, what I have to say was an impeccably observed um, commemoration service for Armistice Day. Um, prior to kick-off, around 15 minutes, fans were um, urged to get into Fratton Park and, and, and turn up to their seats uh, perhaps earlier than maybe 
they would usually have done so in order to to help the march onto the pitch from uh, from those wishing to pay their respects to those fallen uh, in World War One and World War Two. Armistice Day, of course, Saturday the 11th of November. Yesterday was Remembrance Sunday, and I've been speaking to Jeff Harris from the Pompey Armed Forces Supporters Club about the events of Saturday and the observations from the Fratton Park crowd. We had a great service last year and, and this year just, just topped that. And as a part of the Armed Forces Supporters Branch, we aim to get bigger and better each year. Um, you know, many thanks to 16 Regiment, Royal Artillery, 12 Regiment. Some of the guys came down from Narkill from the Royal School of Artillery. We had some uh, 617 Squadron, Dan Buster Squadron, uh, currently serving on one of the carriers. Obviously, it's the 80th anniversary of the Dan Buster raid. So that was very poignant as well. We had the HMS Collingwood Volunteer Band. They were superb, playing some military songs in the uh, before the build-up. And I thought the bugler playing the last post from the valley was absolutely spot on 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 saturday it just adds i know i know last year we had we had it over the the, the tannoy system but actually hearing it from a bugler on the pitch just adds that something special you know and and remembrance day and, and remembering what it means to this city not only for those who have families that have served or you know grandparents and 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 grandmothers that have served in in world wars and so on and so forth but for someone who has served himself whenever that last post plays i get that lump in my throat and tear in my eye and and, and maybe it's a bit of sentimental value to me to to actually be there but I, I was stood in the corner making sure everyone got on and off the pitch in you know in good order and and all that and it was um yeah i had a little little moment of reflection to myself in amongst the crowd of 19 and a half thousand or so um and it was just yeah it was it was quite bizarre to have that that solitary moment just stood in the corner and just stood back and observing the majority of fat and parks i couldn't see the fat and end um just stood there in silence and in awe of of the servicemen that, and veterans that won the pitch and testament to the Charlton fans for, for joining in with that as well. And it and it, it it is always that moment, you know, because you think it's one person gonna clap because that will start the rest off. Um, but look, we, we put in a hell of a lot of work between the club, the committee, like I said, the 16 Regiment, um, the Royal British Legion, the, the volunteer band, we put a hell of a lot of work in to get that message out to say. It is a you know a silence after the valley. Now, the, normally it's the etiquette at football matches. It's meant to be the referee's whistle indicates the start and finish. Now, military tradition says the silence starts after after the valley. Uh, sorry, after the last post, and then ends after the valley is played. And and the club were really really good to us to to allow that to happen. The kind of break from the the FA guidance where it should be on the on the referee's whistle. So yeah, you know we, we, we've got to commend the club on that as well. Mm. Yeah, really great to uh, to hear, or, or rather actually not hear, um, the, the, the supporters clap at, at Fratton Park on Saturday afternoon. Mark Coates alongside us tonight. Mark, um, it, it's always a, a really special occasion to be marking Remembrance Sunday, of course, or Pompey's designated fixture to remember our fallen soldiers. Um, Saturday's game, of course, represented that opportunity to do so. And after what has been um, you know, a good couple of years of, of some you know, fantastic, commemorations being taken place of course by those setting them up there always seems to be a bit of an issue in communication in regards to what happens after the last post post is played and, and it often results in a round of applause and that that minute silence being interrupted by real really no fault of anyone's but it was great to see on saturday but everyone um you know inside of the ground just just stuck by that and allowed that silence to play out i think everyone understood the assignment and you could you could hear a pin drop I thought it was the best, um, the best I've seen actually. Not just because it was the eleventh, not just because of all those little changes, um, and and Jeff was stunning there, wasn't he? Absolutely yeah. superb. It was a great, great interview. Um, but but I just uh, I just think that the Charlton fans as well, the ground being as full as it was, 
Um, everything about it was was absolutely spot on, and, and and hats off to all the military guys for coming along and executing that perfectly. I mean, it was it was stunning. I mean, Jeff is often emotional about these things, but you know, he's, he put on social media. I think before he went out there, he was um, he was ready to have a wobble, um, and uh, and abs- I think he wasn't the only one. There, there were there were thousands of us who, uh, who found that. Uh, very emotional, and actually, yeah. my goodness me, didn't the game kick on quick after that? It was, a, yeah. it was an absolutely frenetic couple of minutes immediately afterwards, and you wonder if that's because you know the genie's out the bottle afterwards. It's all that sort of untapped emotion that's just mm. come flying out. Mm. Set the uh, set the course of a tone, of course, at Fratton Park on Saturday afternoon. A game, of course, but three of us will be diving even deeper into in a few moments' time. And after the break, we'll be bringing in more reaction to Saturday's stalemate and hear the post-match assessment of John Messino, who also provides the latest on Regan Paul. Unfortunately, he's, he's torn his ACL, so uh, he'll be out for the rest of the season. And I think, yeah, everyone will be really disappointed to hear that. Of course, we were. But Regan's got a lot of mental strength. And if anyone could come back strong from, from an injury, I think it, it's him. He's, he's already very positive. I spoke to him uh, late on Thursday night when he got the news. And we deal with it. We, we move on. We make sure that we do as much as we possibly can for him. Part two of the Football Hour, coming up after this. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5. A bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of 5 day riders for the price of 4. And Flexi 10. Bundles of 10 day riders for the price of 7. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Welcome back to 93.7 Express FM, where this evening you're tuned in to the Football Hour with myself, Jake Smith, in the company of Mark Coates and Josh Sweetman, too, brought alongside you this evening, as always, by Stagecoach Across the South. Visit stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they can provide in your area. Right, straight back into the action from Saturday's two-all draw between Pompey and Charlton Athletic at Fratton Park. Then Josh will come on to uh, the second half. But the first 45 was quite an end-to-end frantic encounter um, and, and really both sides great value for their efforts. In the 71st minute was when Pompey's lead was shattered. Alfie May poking the ball under Will Norris from uh, quite a tight angle on that right-hand side just by the travelling Charlton fans at the Milton end. What, what did you make of that equaliser, the first one from Charlton, Josh? And do you think Pompey perhaps could or should have done better with that? It's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, I think if you, if you just take it back slightly and look at um, the second half onwards before Charlton scored, I mean, how we didn't go 2-0 up is beyond me. I think we, well, we hit the post twice and uh, watching it back, Bishop really should score the second one that hits the crossbar. Um and probably in his last two games at Fratton Park, or sorry, the Carlisle game, this one, that's probably the most chances he's missed all season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and it's one of those typical, if you don't kill games, it will come back and bite you. And unfortunately it did. May gets in a bit too easy. And it, it's a shame to say that I, I think Will Norris will be looking back at both, definitely both goals, um, probably more so the second one. But again, it's, it's his near post, should have it covered. And ideally it just gets tipped out for a corner but we've had a lot of luck this season and usually like you can see goals like that when your luck's out um but yeah it's a tough one to take because we dominated the second half especially in midfield i thought we were absolutely brilliant and it just one moment of lapse concentration and amazing and you can't you can't let someone like of his quality in front of goal get in behind no seven goals for Alfie May in seven appearances across uh, the October period for Charlton earned him the player of the month in League One for October you could see exactly why that was the case on Saturday afternoon at Fratton Park and since the start of the 2021-22 campaign Alfie May has scored 55 goals in 100 appearances uh, yeah 12 goals and 15 matches for Charlton and the top goal scorer in League One this season it's always going to be a very difficult task for the Pompey back four on Saturday. Uh, Mark, to keep someone like Alfie May at bay. Um, a few moments later, the Blues actually did regain their advantage in the match. Colby Bishop converting from the penalty spot. And I think one of the uh, easiest questions I'll ask you on the show tonight, Mark, I know we began the uh, began the episode of tonight's show with um, a, a bit of a difficult one, but that penalty decision, Ashley Maynard Brewer on Paddy Lane, clear as day? 
<laughs> yeah, I thought I thought um, wiped um, him out. Didn't he? he was going to go out the stadium. Um, <laughs> that was six foot in the air, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I think I prefer the the fact there's no double jeopardy and that actually the keeper didn't sent off, but that didn't get sent off. But there there were a lot of calls for that. Obviously, I mean it was an easy one for the ref, but I have to say that referee was Allison, wasn't it? I think I think he was absolutely brilliant. Best referee yeah. I've seen down at Fratton Park, uh, and I think we need to give him um, a bit of credit actually for uh, for managing that game yeah. so well. I thought he was really consistent. Do you know what I had in my notes for that? Actually? it was a quite a well-managed game just let the game flow uh, yeah. at large periods of it there's always going to be the odd decision where you maybe question the odd, I don't know, the odd free kick or whatnot but that happens in every match but the general consensus yeah you, you're right it did seem to be that most actually agreed with with what he gave both to and uh, and against Pompey on Saturday and interestingly enough a couple of seasons back under uh, the, the guardianship of uh, Danny Cowley at Pompey he had a bit of an issue with uh, with Sam Allison at an away match at Crawley <laughs> I think it was in the EFL trophy um, so much so that it, it, it came out on air on the, the post-match interviews but yeah certainly on Saturday if we're talking about that game I think yeah very very well officiated from the man in the middle um, so Colby Bishop putting away from 12 yards sending Ashley Maynard Brewer the wrong way his 10th goal of the campaign Josh and a few moments ago you mentioned the fact that he missed a couple of opportunities on Saturday and it's those kind of games where Pompey will be ruining uh, the, the chances but they didn't convert but Colby Bishop now 10 goals for the season and again goes without saying that Without him, it'd be a completely different story and a different picture as to where perhaps the Blues would be in League One at the moment. It would be, and there's no doubt about it. Colby Bishop is is one of, if not the best striker in the league. Is this easy to see? Um, other strikers in the league might give you a bit more in terms of um, potentially running out wide and in behind, but I think pound for pound, Bishop is the best goal scoring striker in the league, and it. It, was, it looked like the coolest penalty in the world for a game that was one all, <laughs> load of pressure, Pompey at the top looking to hold on, and he slotted it away as, as if we were fighting up. Um, and yeah, it's it one of those, as I said, it, I think if he looked back on the game, he'll be look at it and say, well, I've scored. But there was two or three chances. I think I think it was a 2-1 as well when uh, the ball's come across the box and he's taken a touch rather than shoot first time and it's been cleared for a corner. But yeah, I mean, I think if... If Pompey somehow don't go up this season, I think it'd be quite a shame because not only will obviously we've not got promoted, I think there is there is Colby Bishop will leave Pompey. It will be for good money as well, but I think he's far too good for this division, and it's clear to see. Yeah. So 10 goals in the league this season for Colby Bishop. Uh, in the 93rd minute mark, Charlton Athletic equalised Conor McGrandles with his first goal for the Alex, heading down low, squeezing it into into the, into the near corner of the post underneath Will Norris. Um, first and foremost, Mark, we spoke at the start of the show how about how that Pompey-Charlton curse at Fratton Park prior to Saturday's game, they had won each of their last nine visits to PO4, seven competitively, two friendlies. Well, we managed to break that duct on Saturday and, and only hold them to a point, but you would argue that maybe it should have been more Pompey at great value, wasn't uh, a bad performance by any stretch of your imagination, should have put their chances away. Josh mentioned the, the two opportunities, but both hit the bar within seconds of each other through, I think it was Kamara and Colby Bishop with the follow-up. But... It was 2-2 on Saturday. That's how it unfolded. And you can't help but feel that having taken just over 48 hours to reflect on it, Mark, given how many late equalisers and winners Pompey have got this season, they were probably due to concede one at one point. Well, maybe, but it is just like Josh said, possibly a mistake from, from Norris. I mean, we're, I don't think we've mentioned the fact he made an absolute worldie of a save in the first half mm -hmm. that he had no right to make. So, you know, we went in one up when it, it should by rights have been one all. But you're near post, you and I might let them in, but a professional goalkeeper of his stature and standing is, is I, I don't think he should be. And, and we also missed the cover that Paul provided um, and... I mean, I saw those sort of big last-ditch tackles coming from the other Welshman, actually. I don't know if you remember, the very last touch of the game was yeah. a phenomenal tackle by Morrell that actually saved the goal. Uh, but yeah, I, I was disappointed. I was gutted. I felt not unlike I did when Inzaghi scored um, for AC Milan, to be honest. Um, that, you know, and we all went away uh, crying over our pints, even though we drove 2-2 <laughs> with one of the best in the world. Um, but it was, yeah, it was disappointing and really disparate goal scores. Talk about Alfie May, what a player. He's probably underachieved in his career, mm. given how good he is. He should be, he should be playing right at the top of that, that division. 
Um, it was was it uh, Connor McGrandall? Yeah. I think it was, wasn't it? Who hasn't scored for two years? He, he, he hadn't, but hasn't... He, he likes to score against Pompey, Mark. In his time at Lincoln City, oh, right. if he doesn't score against the Blues, he's always a bit of a nuisance anyway. He's playing for Lincoln City, MK Dons. He's always one of those players where you've got to keep an eye on. A bit like Will Grigg at Chesterfield um, in the FA Cup oh. last, last week. He's always <laughs> just one of those players but you just really, really don't want to come up against. Um, after that equaliser, of course, 93rd minute, there were a couple of opportunities for both sides on Saturday. 97th minute, Pompey themselves had a great chance at the end. Gavin White tried to put a ball through to Zach Swanson on the left. Should have been a simple one. Poorly executed it and uh, and the keeper claimed it. Ashley Maynard Brewer, by the way, the Charlton shot stopper, had an excellent game uh, and was probably Charlton's man of the match. Uh, and then right at the end, it actually could have been all three points to Charlton. Uh, both Will Norris and Connor Shocknessy not really communicating too well with each other almost handing Michael Appleton's side um, the win right at the death. But as, as Mark's alluded to there, Joe Morrell coming sliding in to deny George Dobson at the near post. He was coming steaming into the box, but Joe Morrell was having none of it just ahead of his international break. And we're going to come talk, talk about that international break in a few moments' time, as well as a new signing for John Messino's side. But he's been speaking to Max Swatton, who began by asking the Blues gaffer for his views on Saturday's game. Hugely disappointing, I think, to come away with a with a point from that game. I thought the the performance for 93 minutes was was outstanding. Uh, you know, we, we created chance after chance. We obviously need to be a bit more ruthless in certain areas. I mean, I thought the goalkeeper had an absolute blinder, uh, probably apart from the penalty, obviously. But uh, you know, I think you have to come away from from those and think, well, maybe we should have been two, three, um, four goals in front. We weren't, and we just have to defend better late on. There's no excuse, I think, for for what we actually ended up doing late on. Um, and yeah, that's the thing that really, really hurts because we should have come away with that game with three points. On the other hand, what were the most pleasing elements of today? I thought we dominated the game, uh, to be honest. I thought um, we were excellent, we were bright in possession, we dealt with their uh, front four for the whole part pretty well. Um, we created chances from set pieces, we created chances from open play. And, you know, I thought we were just outstanding in, in many, many areas. And if we did come away winning three or four, one, I, I don't think it would have been an unfair result. And saying that, what, what do we perhaps need to brush up on after after the game? We need to probably make sure that we finish some of those chances off. Um, on another day, yeah, they, they do go in, but you know, we have to be a bit more recent in front of the goal. And then when we're, we're seeing out games, for the most part of the season, we've been excellent at seeing out games. And uh, just the manner of that goal was really, really disappointing. Three or three, I think, errors that we compounded. And, um, you know, ends up with the ball in the back of the net. And, uh, yeah, that's the most disappointing thing. It wasn't sort of Charlton, you know, tore us to pieces and scored a goal that we can't do anything about. Uh, I can always accept those ones. That, that second goal I can't accept. In at half-time at 1-0, how did that change your sort of half-time team talks? No, it didn't change it at all, really. You know, we, uh, we obviously, um, you know, we got the goal. Uh, I thought we were pretty good for the most part in the first half. We maybe had a 10-minute spell where we struggled slightly with some of Charlton's attacking threats and, and we gave the ball away a bit cheaply. But for the most part, I thought we were in control of the game. And, yeah, second half, I thought we were, you know, we were excellent. It was a, it was a bit of a blow when they equalised the first time, but we got straight back on it. Um, you know, we, I think we, we maybe should have scored just before we went ahead. Um, we obviously went ahead through um, through the penalty and, and then, yeah, probably should have put the game to bed after that with a couple of chances there. So, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing really changed at half-time. I was, I was pretty pleased with the performance. What does it say about the boys out there who are able to, to get back in front within about five minutes? I think they, they've got belief running through everything they do at the moment and uh, it was one of those things where, you know, disappointed to concede. I haven't properly seen back the, the first goal, but disappointed to concede, get the ball go again and, uh, you know, create, create a few chances. We, I think um, Gavin said it was just before we went 2-1 up. Uh, <clears throat> you know, really, really good signs that we're, we're not getting disappointed with the fact that we had played really, really well, I think, up until that point in the second half. And, um, you know, it took Charlton changing a few bits. Alfie May coming out to the right and, and Scott Fraser coming on, um, you know, for... To them changing a few bits, obviously, to cause a few other problems. So, uh, yeah, we, you know, we do have to deal with with things better. But overall, the application and the attitude, everything the lads do day in day out, is is brilliant. What was your message to the boys after the game, who I'm guessing are pretty deflated in there? Be disappointed with that because you don't get away with many of those if you're trying to mount a, um, a successful campaign in the league. And you've got to make sure that you're ruthless. You see the game off, not just in finishing the ball, but also ruthless in the way that we defend, um, the way that we protect our box, and, and the way that we you know, don't have will-making saves if possible. I mean, even when we 
sort of finished off the game at, at two all. Um, we still looked like a threat going forward, but Charlton did as well, and, and nearly had that moment just before the final whistle. And I thought if, we, if we'd have come away with no points from that game, it just would have been, um, yeah, it would have been a travesty. But actually, considering the last sort of five minutes of the game, um, you know, we would have to really, really look at ourselves. Um, that was my that was my only problem I think I had with everything. So I said, be disappointed with that. You've got to be better um, if you want to do anything in the league this year. You've got to be better. You deserve to win games like that, and you should come away and win them. But overall, be very, very positive about the performance because that's a very, very good Charlton side uh, on a decent run. They just went away to Wigan and um, you know, put three past them in a blistering first half and, and they'll, they'll take many sides apart. So you know, be pleased with, with that element. But ultimately, I think they'll have to be a bit gutted. Abu Kamara performed well on Tuesday. What did you make of his effort today as he was named in the starting eleven? Really good. The only reason we brought Abs off, I think, was because he was just tiring and he, again, you know, he had um, a good spell on Sunday. Uh, I think 90 minutes on, on or Tuesday, or just short of that, maybe. And yeah, once again today, um, got his goal. Yeah, really nice to see Abu with that confidence that he's got and uh, you know, taking players on. Um, you know, he's, he really needs to just keep doing that. Keep progressing, uh, keep being confident in everything he does, being positive, and he'll get goals, he'll get assists. Uh, so, yeah, really pleased with his overall performance. A real lively start to the game, and two chances within the first minute got the supporters on their feet. What did you make of their efforts today? Yeah, it was, a, it was quite a special occasion. It's you know, emotional at the start, with um, with it obviously being um, the weekend that we, uh, you know, we make sure we mark remembrance. And yeah, it was great. We started brilliantly well. The fans were on their feet. They kept going throughout. It was uh, it was one of those in the second half where I thought we just you know, we we just put our foot on the gas and the players stepped up the the crowd stepped up it was a, you know, everything apart from the final parts of the game was a brilliant thing to be part of and um, i think yeah everyone here will acknowledge it was a, it was a fantastic atmosphere into the international break now what does the next couple of weeks look like for the boys who are who are staying back yeah, we've got a bit of rest now, um, a few days rest, and then we're back in with a couple of training blocks. And yeah, we'll, we'll review what happened today. And we've got a busy period now coming up after uh, after we get back, right up until about January. So yeah, we've got to make sure we uh, we come through it and and we're right uh, right at it. Just a word on Cassini Yengi as well. He's been named in the Australia senior team for the first time. You must be really pleased for him. Yeah, thrilled for him and, and fully deserved, obviously, everything that he's put in this season and a blistering start to the season with his goal scoring. And, and, you know, he's come back in good form as well. And, uh, you know, I thought he was excellent the other night with those two assists. So I'm really, really pleased for him. Just finally, you'll have gotten the scam results back for Regan Paul. What's the latest with him? Yeah, a real blow with Regan. Unfortunately, he's, he's torn his ACL, so uh, he'll be out for the rest of the season. And I think, yeah, everyone will be really disappointed to hear that. Of course, we were uh, the... The prognosis on it is um, is as good as it can be, but it's going to be surgery and it's going to be you know quite a few months out and uh, yeah definitely the the season. But you know Regan will come back fit and strong, very very positive as always. And I know it's a real blow for everyone at the club and one of those really unfortunate things. Obviously, send our, our best wishes to him. And, and how important is it that everyone gets around him now? And what will be a difficult period for him? Yeah, I mean it, it is important in some ways, but Regan's got a lot of mental strength. And if um, if anyone can come back strong from from an injury, I think it, it's him. He's, he's already very positive. I spoke to him uh, late on Thursday night when he when he got the news and yeah, we deal with it we, we move on we make sure that we do as much as we possibly can for him but uh, you know Regan's got some some long hours ahead of him and uh, they're not enjoyable but like I said if anybody is is equipped to do that that's Regan. Yeah, really sad to hear of the news of Regan Paul being ruled out for the remainder of the campaign with a torn ACL being picked up in the FA Cup defeat away at Chesterfield last Sunday. We're going to get reaction from both Mark and Josh in regards to that one in the third and final part of tonight's show, where we'll also be wrapping up our thoughts on Saturday's draw with Charlton and speaking about a new signing for the Blues. So that's all to come after we hear from head coach of the Pompey Women, who saw his side victorious by nine goals to one in the first round of the FA Cup on Sunday. We're happy with the goals scored and um, we're disappointed with the goal we've conceded and we've dissected it, how the ball's got there in the first place, giving away a silly free kick, needless free kick on the edge of the box and they punish us near post. So we've got to look at that. However, overall, we're obviously happy to be into the next round. Yeah, we'll find out who they have in the next round and of course deliver reaction to yesterday's win. Catch up there with Jay Sadler and also hear from Ali Hall too. And this here is your final chance to get involved as well with just under 20 minutes of the show remaining. 81400 is our text number. Start your messages with Word Express. Otherwise, you can send an email into sport at expressfm.com. At expressfm is what to include over on Twitter or head on over to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Life. We'll go through some of those after the break and get the final thoughts of both Mark and Josh when the Football Hour returns for its conclusion in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. 
The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Good evening and welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Brought to you as ever by Stagecoach South. On to the Pompey women now then. They were comfortably victorious by a scoreline of nine goals to one away at Fulham in the first round of the FA Cup yesterday afternoon. Sophie Quirk and Emma Jones both with a brace each. Beth Lumsden going one better with a hat-trick with Ava Rowbottom and Ella Humphrey getting in on the act too. We're going to hear from their head coach, Jay Sadler, in just a moment. But first, we take a listen to what Ali Hall had to say, speaking to Max Swatton after the full-time whistle at Mottsburg Park. Ali, how did you find it out there? It was good. I thought we had spells where we played really well, we dominated possession, and I thought we were really, really clinical. I think Fulham did challenge us. They pressed us a lot. Um, they made it difficult, but we, we found a way, and overall, I thought it was, you know, we, we played, played well and deserved to win. Many factors you mentioned there, but what was the most pleasing about today's performance? I think it was it was clinical, like our, our front line, especially. And then I think at Golf Maver, of course, but I think our front our front line did really really well. I think they got through um, and put the ball in the back of the net, which is so important when you get those opportunities that you have to take them. How much are you enjoying playing in this new position that you've been playing in throughout this season? Um, midfield, I think it's. It's probably something that's been more common for me over the years. I know I played as a striker a long time ago, but it's, midfield is, is a place where I feel at home, and I think I'm really lucky to be surrounded by some very, very good players. Um, and I think I've, I've learned, learned a lot already. I feel more settled. I feel really at home there. And like I said, it's the players around me and it's the coaches that are kind of supporting my journey in that position is I'm very grateful for. Plenty of positives to pick out from today, but there, is there anywhere to perhaps brush up on? Yeah, definitely, 100%. I think we came off the pitch and, and we knew, even the staff knew, but the players, we knew it wasn't, that still wasn't good enough for us. But that's, that's a good thing. It's important. You win by this sort of margin, but actually you're still coming off thinking, no, well, there's quite a few things we could fix here and actually get better. I think we let Fulham come into the game late on when we really didn't need to. There were some individual errors and decision-making that actually I think really needed to be better, and that was across, across a lot of the game. They, we, we did have spells that we did well, played some nice football, but actually I, I do think, and I think the team thinks there's a lot more we can improve on. A nice moment at the end as, as Matilda came on into the midfield alongside you. How nice was that and, and what a moment for her as well? Oh, it's amazing. It's so fantastic, isn't it, that we have this have this group at Pompey where you can get the young players. I mean, she's 16. She, you know, she was telling us that's incredible that she can come and be involved and get her debut. That's just fantastic. And I thought, you know, she came and trained with us this week as well and she just she settled in and I hope she really enjoyed it and we can see more of her. What do you feel you can offer to those younger players who perhaps come on and play next to you in the midfield like that? I think it's funny, isn't it? Because I used to, years ago, I used to say the same. You used to have the people that were older than you have been playing a lot longer, and actually those are the people that I used to look up to and I used to learn the most from. And I think if, if the younger players are, are happy to do that and open to doing that, it's, it's just it's, it's experience. And, my gosh, I'm not saying I'm the be-all and end-all of midfield because I'm certainly not, but you have experiences of the mental side of the game, the physical side of the game, and I think if you... You can almost nurture and help here and there if there's if there's questions. That's really important because you've been through it. You've been through the years of playing football at this level, and actually, if you can see someone younger kind of stepping in and and taking on that role, that's really special. Yeah, a really nice interview there with Ali Hall speaking to Max after the game on Saturday afternoon. Great to hear Express FM's coverage of that match. Uh, Robbie James, Henry Deacon, and Annie Rolfe at Mottspur Park providing the commentary of that one. Henry was certainly a very busy boy um, during that game yesterday afternoon, and I'm delighted to say alongside us uh, for the next few moments to talk about yesterday's win and what it means for the Portsmouth women is uh, Ian Chiverton. Ian, or Chiv, rather, fantastic to have you back on the show. Thank you very much for calling in tonight. Uh, no problem, thanks for having me. Chiv, you were at the game yesterday. Um, needless to say, uh, an emphatic victory and, and a great performance from Jay Sadler's side. Absolutely ruthless. Yeah, they were they were brilliant yesterday and they, they have been all season. 12 wins from 13, 68 go, uh, goals scored, 4 conceded. It's literally the dream season so far. Uh, he's as assembled a formidable side and yesterday Fulham are a, a good side. You know, they, they are two leagues below us, but they're sat second. They've had a a recent run of 10 games unbeaten, so they're no mugs, but 
Our front line were just absolutely mm. ruthless yesterday. Almost every single mistake was led to a goal. Yeah. In the full and back lineup, we were just brilliant yesterday. Yeah, and uh, mentioned that ruthlessness from that front three: seven goals, four of the starting front three. Sophie Quirk, Emma Jones, Beth Lumsden, five different goal scorers altogether. But also fantastic shift to see some of the younger players given their opportunities. We know Ella Humphrey last season on loan from Brighton and Hove Albion, now at Pompey uh, on a permanent deal. But of course, Matilda Walker, as Ali mentioned within that interview with Max, just 16 years of age, coming on for a few moments at the end of the game, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? the FA Cup and these opportunities but it gives to some of those players you might not see on a week-to-week basis yeah well it's an amazing experience for them um you know we we we're quite close to Ella and her family and speak they're so proud of her and it's a real good opportunity for young players like that they're finding their way into adult football and um to play in a side of this quality with players with with years and years of experience um, you look at Lita Rutherford, you know, she's 222 appearances for Pompey. Imagine being around her in training. It's just, it's an unbelievable experience for them. And they're certainly going to learn a lot um, training and, and getting their opportunities in the first team. Well, obviously a deserved victory for Pompey yesterday afternoon. Cheers. Fulham, of course, playing a division lower than the Blues. So maybe an expected one for Jay Sadler's side. But that wasn't to say that it was going to be an easy affair or a walk in the park for Pompey. Fulham, prior to the game, were unbeaten in 11. So it was a real hard graft. We heard from Ali Hall there. We're just about to hear from Jay Sadler too. Both referencing the fact but despite the scoreline, it was not an easy match. No, it wasn't. Fulham had their chances. Um, but to be honest, it's been like this all year. Like, we've come up against really good sides. And the difference this year is that we take our game to them. We're not adjusting our game based on who we're playing. Jay has a game plan. He has some unbelievable talent through this squad. So he just goes to every single game. We play our game and other teams have to deal with it. Yeah. And more often than not, we just, we're just scoring. So we're averaging over five goals a game. <laughs> at the moment so yeah it's brilliant and just finally Chith in the second round of the FA Cup the draw took place um, earlier Ebbsfleet United away for Pompey at Stonebridge Road on Sunday the 26th of November the Blues love an away cup tie don't they Chith and I'm sure you do too oh don't the um <laughs> yeah how many is if that now take, well if you take the cup final last year out that's I think that's nine out of our last ten cup draws have been drawn away that's crazy so it is a ridiculous record but, you know, it adds that little edge to it. Um, yeah, you just, you've just <laughs> got to win the games, haven't you? It doesn't yeah. really matter. They just want to get to round four when the WSL teams come in. I think that's got to be the yeah. end. Absolutely. So Ebbsfleet United, of course, away on the 26th of November. That, of course, uh, just under a fortnight's time to see if Pompey can make it through to round three of the FA Cup. Ian Chiverton, thank you very much for joining us on the show tonight. No problem. Thanks for having me. So from Ali Hall to Ian Chiverton there, now to head coach Jay Sudler. Max asked for his assessment of the game on Sunday afternoon. Happy to be into the next round of the Cup. First half, I think we come up against a really aggressive um, side in Fulham. Um, weren't going to give us time, weren't going to give us space, committed a lot of bodies high and we had to find the right solutions and to break through the press. I think we looked a little bit nervy um, for the first couple of minutes and um, a bit erratic with our decision-making. Um, but as soon as we found the solutions and were able to get an extra body um, to support our, our building phase, um, we opened the pitch up. And as soon as we got over the halfway line, probably would have liked a little bit more composure on the ball. Um, however, we, we created a number of chances and, and converted. So we're happy with the goals scored. Um, we're disappointed with the goal we've conceded and we've dissected it how the balls got there in the first place, giving away a silly free kick, needless free kick on the edge of the box, and they punished us near post. Um, so we've got to look at that. However, overall, we're obviously happy to be into the next round. Yeah, how important was it to get that victory to get into the second round today? Extremely important on all fronts. One, we want to keep this winning run going. We want to keep the momentum um, we've currently got. Um, but also we want to progress and we want to take the football club um, to the latter stages. We want to go on another run. We want to play the best teams in the competition. But to do that, you've got to come up against good teams to get there. And Fulham are unbeaten in 11. Um, they're a good side. They play some good football. And when we gave them a little bit too much time and, and, and space, they, they punished us at times today. So there's a lot of learnings to take from the game. But ultimately, we're into the next round and, and we're excited for the draw. Six goals in the second half. What did you say at the break? I didn't have to say too much. Um, I just highlighted that we needed to get hold of the ball more. and We wanted to control the game in their half 
I think we did it well in the first half, but more so without the ball. We forced them deep, we put them under a lot of pressure, we turned the ball over quite a lot of times and, and we punished them. In the second half, we wanted to get more connectivity, probably push Ali higher as the eight um, and look to pin them back with Ava singular pivot. And, and, and the girls highlighted that. They highlighted different solutions to break through their press. And second half, we always knew the game was probably going to get a little bit too quick for Fulham. And it was a case of how then could we move against their block. And, and second half, they sat into a bit of a block. And it was just a case of how we could be patient with the ball. Um, still think there's a lot of work to be done on that. However, when we played with penetration and with purpose, um, we were ruthless. Um, Ella Humphrey with a goal, which was obviously great for her coming off the bench. And between the front three, scoring, I think, seven or eight or nine of the, the, the goals between M, Beth and, and Quirky, which is great to see for confidence um, that when they do get chances, they take them. Yeah, the post-match assessment there of Jay Sadler speaking to Max Potter after the full-time whistle yesterday afternoon at Motspur Park. So 9-1 victory in the FA Cup for Pompey, taking on Evs Fleet United in the second round. But next up for the Blues, this Sunday, the 19th of November, they take on AFC Bournemouth, again away from home at Long Lane in the Hampshire Cup. That's scheduled to be a 2pm kickoff for Jay Sadler's side. OK, back to both Mark and Josh, who've been waiting very patiently to be returned into the action this evening. And Josh, we we heard an interview from John Massino before the break in regards to Regan Paul. He, of course, has torn his ACL and will miss the remainder of the campaign due to that one. Uh, again, needless to say, needless seems to be one of my favourite words during tonight's show, Josh, but Regan Paul is going to be a, a huge miss for this team. Yeah, he is, isn't he? He's absolutely gutting, I think. When, when, when you first see the actual injury, you didn't, I didn't think there was much in it. I, I just thought it was one of those, maybe his knees locked, but it's genuinely the worst possible outcome we could have had and I think you ask any Pompey fan now if you were to end the season who's your player of the season mm. everybody and I mean it would be convincingly 100% I'm, I'm sure that everyone would name Regan Paul he, yeah. he's simply been absolutely outstanding and he's a championship player playing in League One um, it's really 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 bad news but I mean this is the perfect opportunity for Messino now to turn around to Sean Rank and say well look you've been out of the team Come and show me why you should be starting games for Pompey. And then if we get through to January, if we're still top two, top three, which I'd like to think we are, it will then show how much ambition the owners yeah. do do have in terms of what the replacement for Regan Paul looks like. Yeah, January will certainly be an interesting time for Pompey to see if John Massino will replace uh, Regan Paul, at least on a temporary basis until the end of the season. Of course, Sean Raggett, Riley Towler there to be called upon between now and then. Uh, good evening to Dave on the emails. Good evening, Jake. What a great game for any neutrals and possibly most, if not all, Charlton fans. Only one problem, I'm not neutral. We could and should have scored three, four or five on Saturday and generally played quite well. What a shame, though. Two soft goals conceded and two points dropped. Terrible news about Regan. Regan Paul, I hope we can rise above his absence and continue with what has been a great first third of the season. And on a positive note, the signing of Josh Martin could be useful. Thank you very much, Dave, for getting in touch. And Mark, um, Josh Martin, the winger of a 22-year-old winger, formerly of Arsenal and Norwich City as well. He's got experience on loan in the EFL, has put pen to paper on a short-term deal uh, as a free agent until middle of January. He's been training with Pompey over the last few weeks. Mark, is a, is a new winger something you think this team needs? Just a bit of revitalisation? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Abu Kamara said before, I think he's done a, a great job. I think that uh, Paddy Lane looks fantastic. He, he was resilient as well. He took a couple of um, full-on tackles, didn't he, Paddy? He's, he's quite tough as well. Um, and, and I love the way Yarkes runs and he's he's starting to put balls in early. I think Sparks can operate higher up, um, but Gavin White obviously hasn't found his, his feet, has he? I, I'm mm. sure we've got something great to come from him and I'm sure he could operate on the flanks or, or through the middle, but um, we, we need someone else. Well, of course we need another another player there. Um, someone who can operate on either flank would be would be ideal um, and, and possibly a defender, but I mean, that's, you know... Uh, who knows? Who knows what else we'll have to pull out the bag in January? But it's worth dipping into the pockets, isn't it? Absolutely. Luke Ellis on Twitter. Smart move by Pompey with Scully and now Andrew and out injured too. Gives me confidence the club don't want to waste this season. Imagine we'll be quick to bring in a centre-back in January if we don't fight a free agent sooner. Uh, Harvey Marks also on Twitter. Can't imagine Josh Martin will get many minutes for us between now and middle of January, but it's an option. Much needed out wide. And if he impresses, I'm sure there'll be a longer deal 
on the table. Well, a very big, big thank you to everybody who tuned in to this evening's show. Big, big thank you, of course, to both Jeff Harris and Ian Chiverton for calling in throughout the course of this evening as well. To Max Swatton for helping to provide those post-match interviews with the likes of John Massino, Ali Hall and Jay Sadler alike as well. But my biggest, biggest thanks goes to my two studio guests for this evening's conversation. First and foremost, Mark Coates, a pleasure as always to have you on the football hour, my friend. Yeah, and off the back of such a wonderful game. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> thank you very much, Mark. A big thank you as well to Josh Sweetman. Josh, pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much for calling in, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. Pleasure's all mine, Jake. And a big shout-out, of course, to Stagecoach Across myself for supporting another edition of the Footblower. But we'll be back this Friday from 6 o'clock with myself, Martin McGee, and Ryan Honey. Up next, the Soft Rock Show with Jet Orson. <laughs>